Welcome to the Badger Politics. I'm Scott Stearns. My name is Paul Sickle. Hey, Paul. Go Brewers. We've got the Cubs First tonight. Place, I guess. We're back. Uh, Up by half a game, so I, okay. I believe it was the first percentage points. Or, well, half a game. Right. First time uh, that the Brewers have shut out the Cubs at home in like four years, I believe. Yeah. Oh wow. Wait, we, we shut them out last year, but that was Wrigley. But not here. Not yeah, because Park. well, they treat our place like uh, they call it Wrigley Field North. Yeah, there is that. And I think they were the other night. They were about seventy to eighty percent of the fan base. Yeah, there, which is disgusting. I think tonight it was a little more even, or it was just that they were quiet because uh, the Cubs weren't doing anything. <laughs> right, they didn't have anything to cheer about. Um, they had two hits. Yeah, I think the whole the whole game. So it, you know, it, it's I, I got to admit though, as a you know a young parent, um, you know I um, you, you yourself are too. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy to get out to the ball game. No, um, you know it's not like we got. Um, and plus, those are higher price tickets. Yeah, it's, I mean, I usually I don't have season tickets. So I'm going I, Sunday. I I'm going Sunday to the uh, the Father's Day game so, mm-hmm. with uh, with my family. So that's a uh, that should be that should hopefully be a good, right. uh, good and, good time. and that's the thing. I like to go out in the weekends. Too. Like the one game I went to this year was against the Mets. Yeah. yeah, I got the tickets for like a song. Right. I mean, you know, and there you know maybe thirty two thousand people there. It was mm-hmm. a nice Saturday afternoon. And, you know, we beat up on the Mets, and it's kind of fun. Yeah. Now, it would be more fun to watch the rival that you've actually got something to play for against, like pre-playoff atmosphere. New York is a bigger city than Chicago, but it's 800 miles away, whereas Chicago, the fans, some of them live among us. Did you know that? There are FIB, I'm sorry, sorry, Cub fans (laughs) among us in Wisconsin. I know I work work with some, so it's just, it's a fact of life. I apologize for Fib Nation for calling you all of you Cup fans. That is a real insult. Speaking of appropriate things to say, so they, we had a uh, we had a, a quote unquote summit uh, in, in oh, Singapore. Okay, I thought you were going to bring lead with the good news. Well, this is well, sort of good news. I guess. I, well, I don't know. I mean, it, we, it's I think it's I think it's good news that it's happening, but I, or or happening. I always want to see Kim Jong Un and Donald J Trump. At the same table, because I always thought that they, that those two men in particular, share more in common than they are different. And sure enough, they looked like they were two peas in a pod. It seems like they'd be like if they'd be really good childhood friends, like they'd be two kids that like got on really well. I mean, throw in Dennis Rodman, Kanye West, oh my gosh, you know, and maybe Kid Rock, and then yeah, you know how like they they have those shirts with the all the. Famous communists and they're like having a party, like mm. uh, Stalin, Lenin, Marx, uh, uh, I think Chairman Mao, what have you. And then yeah. um, and they're all wearing party hats and drinks. And it's called the Communist Party. It's kind of cute and goofy, whatever. Yeah. No, but these guys are contemporary. <laughs> Kanye, Kid Rock, oh, oh, Ted, throw in Ted Nugent. Yeah. Throw in Kanye, Ted Nugent, Kid Rock, Dennis Rodman. Donald J. Trump and Kim Jong-un and call it the totally fucking insane party. <laughs> or the really bad acid trip party. Something that we like all, that. The entire world is living through. Yeah. Well, we, we're... Yeah, we have to live through it. It's not like we can, like, you know, pinch ourselves and wake up from this... I mean, I mean it nightmare. sucks being an American in this, but meanwhile, 
the poor Japanese are like, wait, what did he give away? And then the Chinese, who hardly ever see anything eye to eye with the Japanese, well, are like, wait, 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 what did he give away? Well, did each? Well, the Chinese have a horse in, in each each camp on that one. Well, here's, I mean, this is the thing: is that we have no details. We just know that they made a lot of pretty pictures, and I mean, Kim Jong Un is, is obviously thrilled to to be on the same stage as the President of the United States because it increases his uh, stature, stature and everything like that, his prominence. But it's breaking tonight that apparently, according to North Korea media, uh, Trump agreed to lift sanctions. Really? Yeah. I, so, I think he agreed to uh, a pattern of it just like Kim agreed to uh, nuclear-free peninsula. Well, pattern, I don't know. I, right? mean, I, think, I don't think... Again, you never know. Maybe Trump just said, "What the hell? Here, have all the money well, here's, you want." Here's the thing. I mean, <laughs> the, thing, the thing took like a few. Like I, I heard Trump's like, like, "Can I build a condo here?" <laughs> Actually, he literally said that. That I'm, I'm sure he'd be thrilled to. He um, didn't actually say he was going to build one of his own, but he said that I. It's implied. I mean, so here's the weird thing. As much as I dislike Trump. This might be the one thing. I mean, every clock is right two times a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, every broken clock, as they say. And yeah. this might be the thing, one of Trump's things. I mean, the other thing I was a little bit happy with were the steel tariffs. Although I'm starting to have mixed... I certainly have mixed feelings. I, I, less than mixed feelings about how he's approaching no, it with the G7. I think that the concept of steel tariffs and renegotiating the WTO... Uh, stuff uh, or was uh, something I, w- I was I was okay with. Um, I don't like how he's approaching it. Um, yeah, but I would say this for all of the, it's not he's not doing it the right way, frankly. But he can't do it the right. He's doing it probably as best as somebody like he uh, basically a buffoon. Can he's 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 showering another egomaniac with his personality. The the danger here is that it goes is that one of them chafes the other and it goes really fucking horribly wrong. Right. And, well, and that's, then it's like that's the rub. Back to where we if you listen to our podcast last year, we were always afraid we were going to be at war with them <laughs> right away. I mean, yeah. Well, apparently this thing took like four hours or something like that. It was very. Mm-hmm. It was, very quick, and obviously a lot of those just pomp and circumstance and stuff. But um, no, I, I, apparently the only people in the room he I mean, he wasn't taking notes. There were no like ambassadors. Or, I mean, it's not it's not like the Secretary of State. Was Nobody in the room. took notes. Well, so God no, knows what we agreed to. Well, that's the thing is so the, supposedly the well, only people could go wrong. What could possibly the go wrong? The only people in the room besides Kim Jong Un and Donald Trump were the translators. So, well, there better be so, a readout of some sorts. I, I don't and know. And then they sign a document. They, they sign a document basically that that probably just says like, "Let's keep talking." Well, pretty much. I mean, that was that was what the substance of what I read. Which, if that's all they signed, I'm okay with that. I mean, well, you can't really expect much more out right. of because you, we all know. That the majority of the legwork to get anything substantive done isn't done by the leaders. It's done by right. the people down the org right. chart. You know, that are you talking doing... about the deep state, Scott? Yeah, maybe. I, I think I think that your great uncle is going to start sending you all caps emails mm. around Thanksgiving about um, you know how Hillary Clinton is um, upsetting <laughs> the 
peace process right now. Uh, and Nancy Pelosi and Benghazi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so they're all they're all in it. You know what? John Kerry might have a little piece of this too. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I'm just thinking what great uh, Uncle Jack's uh, angry Uncle Jack's emails <laughs> gonna say. It's just, I mean, the bottom line. He still writes in all caps. He's been writing in that ever since he discovered email in 2007. Uh, but anyway, the bottom line is, is it's just it's remarkable when Obama teased the idea of, of talking to people like the leader of North Korea a few years back, how he was just pummeled for compromising, you know, America and this mm. and that by by Fox News pundits and what have you. And 25 years ago, Bill Clinton was pummeled. For the exact same thing. Well, yeah, I mean, he sent Madeleine Albright. Well, and Jimmy Carter. Yeah. And, well, and they actually had a, um, a real deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Republican Congress refused to... They, they won Congress a few weeks later, and yeah. they refused to fund, um, fund the development stuff, and then North Korea said, fuck this. Right. You're not going to pay, or we're not going to play. Right, and, right. Um, well, we're back to where we are. Back now. to square one. Right. I mean that yeah. the, the deal evaporated because, well, partly because of the recalcitrance of the you yeah. know, Republicans. Is it the proper use of the recalcitrance. Recalcitrance, not tr- okay. Anyway, so um, we'll I see can't believe you didn't go for my punchline there about uh, my uncle Jack <laughs> discovering email in two thousand seven. Oh, now you. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. But I mean, we'll we'll see where this goes. I mean, I'm in favor of of, of diplomacy. I, I mean, I think it's what's what what's the risk, you know? It's probably the best Trump. I mean, I would do given who he is. Yeah. The only risk now that I could think of, which is, is that he gives up the farm a, without any real leverage. Well, and because then, he's and supposedly say, he's got you know he's the art of the deal guy, but and then he'll say no, I didn't do that, and yeah. then and it'll all fall apart. Freak the fuck out and start bombing people, or oh, God knows what. Yeah. I mean, that would be the worst part about it. right? Well, yeah. Or we get more right. Let's. So we'll. I, really well, I mean, we'll, we'll I see mean, where this goes. I mean, we're we're speculating because there's really no substance that comes the, out of this the thing. The overall thing about Trump using this egomaniac personality and going over and, and flying on the coattails of the Dennis Rodman charm offensive, <laughs> yeah, is it, it, all right with me. Yeah. I listed. Did I list all the people that should be in the? Yeah, the totally fucking insane party. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so who do we got? I think we should throw Betsy DeVos in on that one too. Um, yeah. And while we're at Leah Vukmer. Did you see that episode um, of Vice by chance? No. Oh, it went, on, it went into the um, Secretary Mich- of Education. Yeah. Betsy DeVos. Betsy DeVos went, it went into the whole state of Michigan uh, education and how much the DeVoses have uh, just worked completely. Out. Undermine public education right. by you know well, that's the what promotion of charter. So that's schools. a good segue because Michigan is across uh, a great body of water named after Michigan. I, mm-hmm. uh, now I I think our candidate for governor ought to demand some changes to the name of that lake. Yeah, otherwise we better so. build a wall and make Michigan pay for it. <laughs> make 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 <laughs> Michigan great again. No, no, no. I'm going to build a wall on the Northern Peninsula uh, and make Michigan pay for it. All right. And unless they name, rename it Lake Wisconsin. I think that should be our Democratic uh, candidate for governor's pledge. Got it. Okay. There were a number of primaries around the country Not a gubernatorial primary. I was jumping the gun a little bit. Sure. Right. I think there were, I think there were about five states or so that were uh, holding primaries uh, tonight. 
Uh, Wisconsin had two special elections. Uh, Real elections, not primaries. Right. They were actual special elections to fill vacant seats oh. because uh, the governor of Wisconsin, Mr. Walker, uh, chose not to call for special elections. Uh, in Until the, he got sued by uh, Eric Holder. Yeah. And, and, and actually, and, and, the former... Oh, Holder's multiple, in the... Wait. wait multiple, yeah. courts, multiple courts made these elections happen because he was not going to hold them. They were going to be held with the normal rotation in November, but at that point, because okay. of when they would note take their to seats... J- note to Uncle Jack real quick, you got to remember to include Eric Holder in your all-caps emails. If you can find the bold <laughs> right. key, if you can figure out how to bold print, you're going to want to bold that one. Sure, anyway, keep going. absolutely. So, and yeah. then Benghazi, too. So, <laughs> so yeah, there was, uh, so there was two, two vacant seats, basically uh, the 1st Senate District and the uh, 42nd Assembly District. Uh, those were vacated uh, a few months back, and mm. so it, they, it, a very easy solution to that would have been to have... They were vacated because Scott Walker gave their... Because uh, they, the, he appointed... The Republicans who held those seats jobs. Yes. And he assumed that those were safe uh, Republican seats. Mm-hmm. They would never have to worry about losing. Right. So then again, we had the special elections of voters weighed in. Mm-hmm. And this is with the gerrymander, which is heavy. Yeah. Um, these are seats that went... Um, Pro-Trump. Pro-Trump. Obama did actually pull out, scratch out a win in the assembly seat, mm-hmm. narrowly over Romney. And he lost the um, Senate seat by five points, so fairly near, reasonably narrowly uh, under Romney. So interestingly, so based on those results, seats. Ba- based on those results, though, what's, what's interesting is that tonight we had uh, Caleb Frostman, who's the Democrat out of Sturgeon Bay, uh, which is uh, like the Door. If, if you're familiar uh, with it, is uh, Door County. It's, it's Door County. It's the capital of Door County. Yeah, Sturgeon Bay. It's county seat. most populous area. And so Caleb is uh, Caleb Frostman is from Sturgeon Bay. He won over Andre Jacques, who's from De Pere, which is a suburb of Green Bay. I uh, won by about a thousand votes. So the current vote total. If you're scoring at home, the Democrats picked up a Senate seat. Yes. Caleb Frostman won a seat the Republicans have held since 1976. Yes. So it's the first time in 42 time. years. So he won uh, fourteen. The current vote count is uh, fourteen thousand six hundred six votes to thirteen thousand eight hundred. So it's a fifty-one to forty-nine percentage uh, win. Uh, eight hundred vote win. Yeah, and then the, which is about as well as you could do in a district. Trump carried about almost twenty points. But that's that's quite the swing. Yeah, it's not as impressive as a Shatner swing. Yeah. Um, however, there was higher turnout in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably because people sense the fall is coming. Republicans are saying hiding behind low turnout, but actually in the Shatner race back in uh, January when she shot uh, the political world, yeah. uh, and that was a national story. We talked about a Republican that seat, yeah. a seat that had been Republican for 17 years, and she won it by uh, 12 points. Yeah. Um, the one thing a skeptic could point out is there were about 22 or 23,000 votes. This time there were 30,000. So right. um, the skeptic is still a good skeptic would still say thirty thousand is way lower than a, even a midterm turnout, which is usually going to be at least sixty, probably seventy thousand or more. Yeah. Um, but but nonetheless, it's um, it's a victory. It is, and it's, it's, and it's, and it's, it's on higher turnout yeah. than, than the Shackner race. So it's showing that there is something to this blue wave. 
sure. Plus, I would argue this is a much harder seat for the Democrats to win. Well, given the history, than the Shatner seat. It's, was. Well, it's it, historically, it's it, like you mentioned, it, it's a conservative district, but it's also more gerrymandered than it's ever been before. Right. It's near Green so. Bay. Green Bay itself is a little bit swingish. Maybe actually, but it doesn't really touch. Blue. It doesn't really touch Green Bay. It touches it's the suburbs, suburb and, it, Green and Bay. it touches like part of Appleton. And then up into Door County. We barely. It does include little parts of the city of Appleton, but right. the most conservative parts, generally. Yeah. And it, it includes, like, the most conservative suburban areas of Green Bay. Right. It, it's it, Like, if there were the wow counties of Green Bay, that would be where it was for the most part. Sure. Um, I mean, really, it was... It'd be like the Muskego of Green Bay. I mean, <laughs> Green Bay has some actually... Green Bay as a city does lean a little democratic, as most larger cities do. And it has a couple suburbs that are like more moderate. Alloway, Bellevue, De Pere, uh, Ashwaubenon, even even Howard. Yeah. Uh, there was just a sliver of De Pere that was in it. And that was it. Okay. And it was like actually the more conservative part of De Pere that was in it. Well, that's Al- where that's where the, you know, the Republicans Alloway, from. Ashwaubenon, where the Democrats can actually really do business. Yeah. Um, and partly Bellevue, they were not in this district at all. So, I mean, they're in, like, a, a either Hanson's district or Cole's district. I right. mean, you know, they're not in this They They did not come to play. So, like, there were, like, if you know liberals who live in Green Bay, chances are they do not live in this district. Right. Even <laughs> though the district borders Green Bay. So, so, so Caleb Frostman is uh, is the new senator from uh, Senate District One in the Wisconsin State yeah, Legislature. It's, it's an astounding victory. It's, it's it's very good. He will hold hold that district until there's he will be up for re-election in November because this is this is a special election that should be held should have been held a few months ago. Right. But now it's basically right. like he should have been voting. He's hold it. He's going to hold it for half a year. And, uh, uh, right, so he's got to re- re- run. He's got to run again. They're and both running again. But uh, you, you mentioned earlier tonight when we were talking uh, prep, uh, Andre Jacques has as a primary on the Republican. Unfortunately, side. I think so. Um, potentially, they may have a more centrist candidate. Uh, Andre yeah. Jacques is extremely conservative on social issues. Yeah, you know, he mapped out the victory path. Yeah, and if we have a blue wave. He can easily hold the seat now. Right. I mean, that's, even that's, if it's that's a blue, the hope. that's the hope is that come fall, there should be enough coattails, people coming out to vote for governor, people coming out to vote for Tammy, right. for Senate, that he should be able to hold right. this Right. And one. even if it's a blue, uh, now you, there's you no primary, there's no primary trickle. on the Democratic side for right, right. in fall because he he'll be the incumbent. He won't hold it though if it's just a blue trickle. It'll actually have to be a blue. <laughs> It'll at least wow. have to be a blue uh, wake of some kind. I mean, right. I mean, you know, like there will have to be some wave action. I mean, it yeah. doesn't have to be the biggest wave though for so, him to hold it. So we should mention though, like that the, the flip side of the In coin fairness, tonight was that's why I mentioned blue trickle. Yeah, was um, there was the other special election that was affected by Scott Walker not calling for elections to fill seats. Uh, Assembly District Forty Two, which is uh, in the south central part of the state, just north of Madison. John Plumer versus Andros Lloyd. So the territory should be better for us. So I'm disappointed. With well, us. you would think because it's suburban Madison that you know Madison's the, way more liberal than Green Bay. Yeah. Right. So you would think that you know that just inherently that she would have the upper hand. But now in their defense, so in her defense, though it's it's not it doesn't 
like that area bordered Green Bay, included parts of Appleton and included Door County, the area we want. Whereas this area actually doesn't border Madison, as far as I know. It, it's it's pretty far north of. And that Madison. may be that may be everything you need to know there. It, it's it's yeah, it's more up in you know farm country. Um, it does include Columbia County, which has been trending in blue over the last couple of decades, which is um, you know kind of like. The area between, say, Wisconsin Dells and, like, Lodi it includes, I think, um, uh, Portage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's been an area... Clinton narrowly lost it to Trump by, like, a few votes. Very small number of votes. Obama carried it uh, in convincing fashion. I think Tom Barrett carried it in the recall. So that's a little disheartening and then that the fact that the Republican carried this district. And the, and the numbers as they broke down was uh, Plumer had uh, 5,713... Uh, Lloyd had forty eight thirty four, so that's a fifty three well, percent almost breakdown, votes, right. and then third parties made up. In, uh, we lost by nine hundred votes. votes. Yeah, shit, that is bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it seems like that's. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's a matter of there wasn't a good ground game, or if it's a reflection on the candidates. I don't. I don't honestly know. So what I heard was ground game was outrageously excellent. Okay, and of course I heard about. It. My sources are participants in that ground game. Yeah. So naturally, that said, I know a lot of critical assholes, and they all said there was a pretty strong ground game. Yeah. So there was something wrong either with our candidate, I think, or there was something really bad with their candidate that we won up north in the Green Bay area. Yeah. with Frostman, I don't know. What I, mean, I would, what not, I would say is that the one campaign ad I I heard related to these special elections, um, you know, flipping around the AM dial uh, oh. while I'm driving to work and stuff. Oh, was, you mean like was, the radioactive channels, the right wing radio yeah, channels? Yeah, no, uh, more 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 conservative outlets. Right. Um, is that there were there was a there was a pack that was running an ad against Andros Lloyd to the um, to the tune of the Adams family, which was was a hideous ad, but obviously very memorable because I'm remembering it, you know, a week later after hearing it. Um, and it was just, you know, calling her calling her out for voting for a socialist and you know, obviously referencing her probably her support for Bernie Sanders. Right. And uh, and, and some and So some she's other an stuff. outspoken leftist, they unearthed her tweets and stuff. Right. And, um you know, she said something like where she compared the election of Trump to uh, you know, the ascension of Hitler, which yeah, frankly that's not helping if you're running in a district like this, obviously. In fairness, I've thought the same myself at of times, course, of course. And, and probably most of our listeners feel pretty close. Probably, to probably, but it's. Uh, I'm not in, saying in, in that context, that's how I feel. In the context I of just, an election like this, it's not going to help the case. Yeah, there are certain elements that do remind me of fascism. Um, oh yeah, of what's going on right well, now? Well, we could spend um, several other podcasts talking yeah, about right. those, I, those I, things. Or we could just re- listen to the previous fifty-three <laughs> or fifty-four that we yeah, have. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Um, I mean. She said basically what we're all thinking, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, when Trump says what they're all thinking, the rules don't apply. But right to us, well, the rules do apply. Maybe he's the reality show president. We we, we we don't host reality shows. And as much so. as we want to comfort ourselves and say, "Hey, this is a gerrymandered district," yeah, Obama did carry it by three points two years after the gerrymander. So that must yeah. not be that, well, that's that's not what one. 
a great gerrymander. That's the, that's the yes. troubling aspect of it. So, uh, Yes, Trump romped to a 14-point win there uh, two years ago. So this one will be up again in fall? Yeah, the same candidates, too. So same candidates. I don't know if there's other there's primaries, or are we expecting to No, be, I don't think so. No. So we'll see if the results are the same. Come I, I wonder. I, I hope we'll do a little better, because she came, tracked about Walker's performance, which yeah. would be really bad. But losing by eight points, I mean, that's that's quite... Walker won by nine a, points, so she, that's yeah. tracking Walker's performance. However, Walker's performance was plus 23 in the first uh, district, and we won it by two or three points, so okay. a 26-point flip away from Walker in the first Senate district. Right. And the Senate district's three times the size of an assembly district, so well, just yeah. so you, in case you're scoring at home, as I say. <laughs> yes, with your, with your baseball card. So, there, yeah, there, there is some optimism, I mean, when you think of it that way. I guess, though, we do have to be realistic, Jacques was a f- rough candidate, and mm-hmm. then Lloyd was a really... I can't. I really liked, yeah. but maybe not. Right maybe not ready for, for prime time. Maybe not right for a swing district. Yeah, yeah, you know, if she's running on the west side of Milwaukee or Madison or even in the right. city, it would have been a different story. You know, even in the city of Green Bay or Appleton or Racine or somewhere like that, she could do it probably because it's heavily Democratic in those areas, but not where she was. And I think that's. I don't want to get into the governor's race right now. Except to say that the Wisconsin's Choice poll did narrow it down to four candidates. Yeah. were Keller Royce, Malin mm-hmm. uh, Mitchell. Tony. Tony. No, he, he missed the cut, interestingly, but, but Kathleen Weinhout made it. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to... Oh, Mike McCabe. Mike McCabe. Uh, so it's, uh, this is not a scientific poll. It's, it's self-selecting. Yeah. And the campaign's... Organize around it. So if a campaign decided, well, we don't think, let's say Matt Flynn or Tony Evers said, well, we don't think this is very important. We need to organize around it. Kind of like Paul Soglin not participating in the Democratic Party convention. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, this this too, though. It's possible that this is not representing the full thing. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, going for Malin, I think uh, well, I it's quite th- possible that these polls are a little bit biased towards Wider and more well-to-do kind of clientels that have time to like browse the internet and and um, you know and, and participate in click polls. What yeah, have you. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's not representative of lower-income uh, people, especially non-white people. Yeah, no, I um, think you're. I think you're right. There. Yeah, that said, uh, it was a really good good showing for all four candidates. Mm-hmm. I, I probably. So what were the results? Nobody said who won. Oh, we don't know. It just said the final four. I would oh, suspect okay. Kelda came out on top. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't McCabe that came out on top, though, too. Yeah, I think that's a long shot. But Kelda and McCabe, I could put them both in this basket, though. I'm wondering if they're a little bit like two Angroves Lloyd, <laughs> where their profile will be seen as too liberal for and too out of touch with Wisconsin in a way that I think... Mitchell and I hate to say it, Vinehout even aren't in a way. I mean, yeah. I and I hate. I'm more of a progressive, but this Angroves Lloyd thing does. It gives you pause, me. yeah, a little bit yeah. to, to kind of reassess kind of where we are. I mean, she's totally a candidate I would want to represent me. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, and so I and and I was thinking about like Calda on policy is probably closest to me. However, on electability. Yeah, I got questions. Sure, 
And I mean, I just think somebody who's a Madison liberal who ran to the left of Mark Bocan in the primary that uh, could for be, Congress. That could be a potential campaign Mark Bocan's one of the her. most left-leaning uh, yeah. people in Congress. Openly gay and... Yeah, but also like progressive on a yes. lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, I love Mark. Including trade uh, and all, all sorts of sure. stuff. But, um, so I would, I would suggest that as, as much as we all are like enthused by Calda, we should take pause and and I would the same definitely applies to Mike McCabe. Um, you can't you have to meet voters where they are. But I, they, but you can't just change everything overnight. But I feel I, I I do come back to what I said last week. I I do feel like it is it, it still feels like a Calda versus Malin race right now. I think McCabe's maybe still in it. I just don't, uh, I don't, I w- yes, he is still in it, obviously, but I, I just don't feel like he has the name. I feel like the name, the names right now that people are aware of, yeah. that are kind of loosely paying attention are Tony Evers, Mail Mitchell, Kelderoy. I'd watch Evers a little bit. I'd well, of course, he's, I, I, this, he's the statewide elected I, candidate. I, he's, he's, you cannot I'd discount that. I'd keep a sneak that. guy out on, on, on walks. I think Gronk is out, is done. I think Flynn's done. I think Soglin's done. I think Pate is done. I think you got to keep a little bit of eye on, on Vinehout because it shows organization that mm-hmm. she was able to... Like, nobody saw her place in this poll. Right. Um, the Democratic kind of establishment like was, was totally... They, there's, they, they were not for her. There's time for a like, dark horse, but it. I mean, we're, we're at mid-June. We're, we're less than two it's months primary. away from this thing. It's I primary. mean, it's... Do you know what the rules of primaries are? There are two no rules. Months, yeah, two months. I mean, I, you ever like looked at those? Look at go back and just Google, say Obama, Clinton yeah. polls in uh, two thousand eight in Iowa in the Iowa caucus. Mm-hmm. They're all over the freaking place. This is it true. only started looking no, like I an don't. Obama victory like five days before it happened. Go back to two thousand four. <laughs> you see the same thing. I know this. I learned this the hard way. I was working for Howard Dean. Yeah. And we were ahead by 11 points eight days out. And then I showed up, and then we lost by more. Oh. I, I think I killed... I think so I sunk it. Your fault, And then man. he screamed, and he said, Ah! <laughs> we're going to go to Maybe. Texas and Nebraska. Ah! <laughs> so with that, I yeah. say forward. Ah! <laughs> we're going to go forward. Ah! We'll see you next oh, week, everybody. Bye-bye. Forward.